You got the chill. The chill, chill, chill. Everybody's ego takes a shot on this show. This is Rutledge and Hamilton with Jim Rutledge and Matt Hamilton, presented by Coors Light on 100.5 ESPN. Tausch's tiers of the NFC, Philly and San Francisco Tier 1, Dallas, New Orleans Tier 2, almost everybody else in Tier 3, the Giants, the Seahawks, the Lions, the Packers, the Falcons, the Vikings, Tier 4, the Bears, and the Rams. Broadcasting live from the Everlight Solar Studio with Matt Hamilton, here's Jim Rutledge. Wrong, big voice guy. It is not Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light today. It's Nelson and Nortman presented by Coors Light. When the mountains are blue, you know what to do. Brad Nortman. That's Crush of Coors Light. Jesse Nelson, Brad Nortman, Alex G. Holding it down in the Everlight Solar Studio in downtown Madison as Brad and I broadcast live from the warm-up range outside the media center at University Ridge Golf Course, home of the 2023 American Family Insurance Championship. 844-770-3776 is the number to get into the show with us today. 844-770-3776. A gorgeous Friday afternoon on one of the most highly anticipated days in Madison of the year. Rulledge is around somewhere. I, I saw him earlier. I think he had something to go to with his kids this afternoon. That's why. And Matt's in first place in this pro-am. He's golfing it in Carolina. Oh, wow. So that's fun. Go, Matt. Uh, Strove's filling in on Scalzo and Bruss later because all those guys are going to Dead and Company. And that's how Brad Nortman and I end up with you on the radio this afternoon. Well, however it happened, I'm happy to be here. I mean, what a day for this for this golf championship to occur. It's cool to see how the, the golf course transforms, right? When mm-hmm. I mean, I've, I've golfed here several times. I love this course. One of my favorites. And it looks like a completely different setup, obviously, but it, it looks completely different. So dialed in, so professional. Love seeing the crowds and just love seeing the golfers out here doing their thing. It's it's a beautiful day. I mean, you could you could get of a wide variety of weather in Wisconsin early June, and this is just perfect. And it has rained on Fridays at the AmFam Championship in years past, or more so Wednesdays and Thursdays, and then everything's all muddy by the time everyone gets here on Friday. So this has been an outstanding afternoon here at the AmFam Championship. So uh, have you, you've never been to the AmFam Championship before. I've, I've never been here. It's my first time, and uh, certainly won't be my last time at this point. And, and actually, now I'm thinking about I have a question for you. So we, as we mm-hmm. came in, we were looking at all the spectators that yep. were, were there. Mm-hmm. And i got to ask you, let's say that you and I were not parked right here with this beautiful view of the of the driving range and the, and the people coming in and going to porta potties right? Yeah, and the media, people eating the free food. Let, let's, yep. say, let's say you're a spectator. Are you the kind of person that's going to follow a group? Or are you going to post up at a hole and watch them roll through? So I'm, I'm, I'm actually glad you asked this, Brad, because when I walked, so I, I left for a moment this afternoon, came back. And as I came back in, I'm walking around. I'm trying to check out hole one. Like they, they, they do a, a, like a pseudo shotgun start away for this tournament where you start on one or you start on ten. So there's people that are coming through on hole one, even though all the groups have been out since by 11.30, I think, this morning, all the groups were on the course. And so I was trying to watch a few coming through on one, and I saw that some of the bleachers there had been a little emptied. Uh, And then I saw there was a huge group around hole nine where everyone was coming up near the uh, clubhouse here at University Ridge. 
I don't know what I would do if I was a spectator for golf because it's kind of a hard, like it's not like a baseball game or a football game when you're in attendance and it's like the same thing you're watching on TV. It's a very different experience by not and and golf broadcasts for those who don't like everything's kind of delayed a little bit outside of the final round. They delay it where it's like let's check in on how Tiger did on three, and that actually happened like a minute ago. But they got the video of it. Here it is, and let's go play it. It's a lot easier to follow golf on TV than it is in person, but it's a much different experience entirely. I think I would probably camp. I'd find a shade spot, mm. and I would camp out in one particular place and see it. That way you get to see every golfer coming through, and you get to experience the tournament in its full totality for all the golfers that are involved in this tournament. You get to say, oh, I saw uh, VJ Singh coming up. I saw Steve Stricker. I saw Jerry Kelly. And then I saw the guy that's winning after one round. Like I, You got to say you saw a little bit of everybody. That's probably the way I would approach it. I, I would agree, actually. I like I like getting here. I like getting the lay of the land, and I like parking somewhere, right? Because then mm-hmm. I, I kind of get a feel for it. I know how the shots are coming in. It's fun to see the different variability by which these guys used to approach, whether it is whether you're at the tee. Most of time this is happening at a green and um and and like you said i would feel a little bit cheated if i went to a golf event and i wanted to make sure i saw you know it's, it's usually not just one guy you want to see you want to see as many as 10 or more right so that's that's the way to do it and you kind of get your comfort level there and you get to see everyone go through when i, when I played for jacksonville they had a pretty outstanding tent on the 17th hole of yeah. TPC, and that was a lot of fun to park and, uh, and be at. Because everyone, <laughs> right, I mean, the, the, the argument against it is, well, you just see the same shot over and over, which mm-hmm. which is true, but then, man, when the, when a ball goes in the water and the crowd reacts mm-hmm. and, you know, yep. you, you yell, what? Yeah. You know, guys like that. It's um, it's a fun it's a fun way to watch a game. And these those guys are out there. They're supposed to be walking around. They're supposed to be, you know, exerting energy. If I'm a spectator, I'm trying to relax. Exactly. I'm trying to have some fun. I'm trying to drink a cold Coors Light. You got your Coors Light in one hand. You got, uh, like, the binoculars in the other hand. That's right. It was coming. Oh, it's, that's Jerry Kelly up yeah. there. All right. You always see those people that are parked front row in, like, the, the fold-out chair. I just wonder how early did they have to be to be, to be <laughs> in those locations, the prime locations. They must have been parked out there, like, when you when you try to get, like, concert tickets or something. The, when the you camp overnight. Go, the fourth of July yeah, parade in right. Cedarburg, where you're parked out there on June 30th with your seats set up. That's yeah, right. It feels like that. 844-770-3776. Jesse Nelson, Brad Nortman in for Rutledge and Hamilton today, presented by Coors Light. Alex G., our producer back in the Everlight Solar Studio. G., uh, sorry you're not here, man. It's a gorgeous day. Everyone's having fun. Sorry you, you got the short end of the stick here and you're back in the Everlight Solar Studio, great as it may be. Hey, it's a fantastic studio. It's just Hunter and I hanging out. Um, <laughs> and I'm not like a golf guy. Like, Don't get me wrong. There's nothing I'd rather do than be outside on a beautiful day. But I, I have never really been a golf guy. I haven't golfed in about a decade. So I'm not missing out on, like, content that I'm dying to so see. So if, if you were out here, G, and you were at the AmFam Championship, to Brad's question, would you follow a bunch of different golfers around and, like, have the same couple of people that you wanted to see play a full 18? Or would you want to park one spot and see everybody come through kind of hitting the same shot every time? I'd park wherever the Coors Lights are available, I think. Uh, oh, that's a that's priority smart right there. Find yeah. the nearest Coors Light stand. <laughs> get close to that, have a good viewing angle, and then be able to go, hey, uh, Johnny uh, behind the stand. Two more. Two yeah. more. That's, that's a good call, G. That's a good call. 844-770-3776 is the ESPN Wisconsin Talk and Text Line. 844-770-3776. Uh, Brad, you asked a question as, as we were getting ready for today's show. 
How many strokes would you need? You're a decent golfer. I saw you up at our uh, our ESPN Beaver Dam golf outing for the Children's Radiothon a few weeks. You're a good golfer. How many strokes are you going to need to try and keep up with a guy like Steve Stricker or any of these golfers that are six, seven under after one round at the AmFam Championship? Today? I mean, it's it's eye popping how well these guys perform. And I was thinking about that question today. And, I mean, a good day. A good day on this course, which is not an easy course. There's plenty of ways that you can go wrong, find yourself in trouble, and really stack some strokes on any given holes. If I had a good day, I'm shooting... I'm shooting plus 18, plus 20. I mean, that would be me pretty dialed in. So if these guys are going minus 5, 6, 7 on one, uh, on one round, mm-hmm. I'm going plus 20. We're talking about almost 25 strokes. We're talking about, you know, a stroke and a half per hole. I mean, think about that. That's, that's, that's a lot. Or the other thing I was thinking of, okay, well, if you're not giving me strokes, maybe we add obstacles for the golfer. Like maybe, <laughs> maybe... <laughs> Maybe I get to choose for them, for any given stroke that I get to choose, I get to choose their club. So if they're on the tee, I can say, you know what? No, you don't get to use your driver. You have to use your putter. Yeah, you're putting this, and then from the rest of the hole, you can do whatever you want. That would at least help me a little bit. Or they're, you know, they're in the sand. And I said, nope, nope, you have to use your driver. And so, I mean, ways to embed more strokes against my opponent. So either you got to give me strokes, or I got to add strokes to them, and you got to find a creative way to do it to them. I like the concept, rather than getting, like, one and a half per hole, that, like, you and Stricker are getting ready to go play 18 here at U-Ridge as a warm-up for the AmFam Championship, and he just says, here's 25 strokes. And you just get them up front, and you've got that 20, and it's like, can you hang on? It's like those those races around the outfield with the guy who's super fast, and he gives the fan, like, a 20-second head That's start, right. and then he just catches up to him. That's the way that I would envision the Well, well so that would be so humbling, because we I know what would happen is I'd be, okay, I have 25 strokes, like, there's no way he's going to catch me. But you know there's going to be a hole where I throw up a snowman, mm-hmm. right? I get an eight, oh, on, eight on the card. More than one at this and course. For sure, for sure. And he you know he throws it before, and then bam, there you go. There's, you know, there's four strokes gone right there they're not going to be like you know here's one at a time oh maybe we're even they're going to be in handfuls that they're going to be depleted so and and then you you start to have the mental side of the game right i would start to get mentally in my head i'm sure steve gentleman great guy love steve stricker but maybe he'd say brad i think you're down to you're down to 10 strokes now we're only on hole seven and i'm like oh my goodness i tighten up right i don't have the same fluidity that i did so there's uh I think that would be the most challenging one, right? You're kind of taking it as a whole. Mm-hmm. You see those strokes move down a little bit, and I would be be a little tight on the back nine, Jesse. We, we have a lot of friends that are hanging out around here at uh, University Ridge today. Alex Strofe is, of course, out here bouncing around because he's getting ready to do the show from 4 to 6 with uh, whatever that show is called. Uh, Pablo Iglesias from WKOW filled in earlier this week with Jim. He's here. we got a bunch of our ESPN Madison friends here. We'll, we'll do a little survey and see who says that they would need the fewest amount of strokes to play 18 Ooh, and beat Steve Stricker. We'll I see like what it. some of our friends have to say. 844 844- Four seven seven zero thirty seven seventy six. You can let us know as well if you want to talk a little, uh, talk a little trash. Uh, if you th- say so yourself, that you would need X amount of strokes to beat Steve Stricker in a round of eighteen. How many strokes would he have to give you in order to beat him straight up? Eight four four seven seven zero thirty seven seventy six. The ESPN Wisconsin Talk and Text. We'll have some fun with that as we continue throughout the course of the day today. Live from University Ridge Golf Course in Madison. It is the AmFam Championship twenty twenty three edition. 
get you a check of the leaderboard as they're starting to wrap up round one here pretty soon. See who's on top of that thing as day one of three comes to its culmination. Jesse Nelson, Brad Norman, in for Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. Coming up next, you heard it in the open. Mark Tauscher, this has been, it, it's been the, the buzz around ESPN Wisconsin the last 24-plus hours. Tausch's tiers of NFC teams. And wow, has it caused a stir, especially if you're a Washington Commanders fan because your team wasn't on the list. We will talk <laughs> about that next on Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. Jesse Nelson, Brad Nortman, Rutledge, and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. 100.5 ESPN. The ESPN app in Wisconsin on demand when the mountains are blue, especially at the AmFam Championship. You know what to do, Brad Nortman. That's Crusher Coors Light. Ah, uh, yeah, and they are doing it up on 18. They're doing it up on 14. They're doing it on one. Every mm. hole on this course today. Round one of the AmFam Championship almost in the books. And they are enjoying their Coors Lights flowing well here at University Ridge Golf Course in the 2023 American Family Insurance Championship, hosted by tournament host Steve Stricker. Celebrity foursome tomorrow, always the most popular time of the entire AmFam Championship weekend. The concert tonight at Bree Stevens, Tyler Hubbard of Florida Georgia Line, because oh. that's going to be huge. Oh, yeah. Tomorrow, the celebrity foursome, consisting of Andy North, the next Ryder Cup captain, Zach Johnson, Michael Phelps, the Olympian, and Derek Jeter. You may have heard of him. Oh, Celebrity foursome goes out after everyone's done. They play nine. It's going to be amazing. Uh, we've seen a bunch of other celebrities, including our own Mark Tauscher, come through on that tour. Oh, wow. He played in the inaugural. Uh, he won with Andy North as his partner. He he? Has, and he hasn't been invited back since. So I no. think uh, <laughs> they may not have enjoyed how well he played <laughs> that day. So uh, always a fun time seeing the Celebrity foursome tomorrow, the opening round today with such a great crowd, and then, of course, Sunday a champion is crowned which is always a cool moment as well. You can watch it on the Golf Channel. Uh, you can get out here, more importantly, and enjoy a beautiful weekend at University Ridge Golf Course. And maybe even in between uh, balls coming up on each hole, you can scroll Twitter for a moment, and you can find the much-maligned Mark Tauscher tiers of NFC teams. Uh, Wildey and Tausch is a show which airs weekdays 9 to noon. Very well produced, Brad, on, on 1.5 ESPN. It's produced. Thanks, Steve. <laughs> And Mark Tauscher unveiled yesterday his tiers of NFC teams. And boy, oh boy, has this been critiqued. It was critiqued yesterday when I was sitting in on this show along with Colin Russo and Jim Rutledge. It was critiqued on Jen, Gabe, and Chewy at ESPN Milwaukee this morning. I think Scalzo and Bruss got their hands on it. Uh, I'm sure the great Dane Huddle will have some fun with it next mm -hmm. week. In the meantime, let's hear Jason Wildey earlier today recapping Tausch's tears of NFC teams. Tausch's tiers of the NFC. Philly and San Francisco Tier 1. Dallas, New Orleans Tier 2. Almost everybody else in Tier 3. The Giants, <laughs> the Seahawks, the Lions, the Packers, the Falcons, the Vikings. Tier 4, the Bears and the Rams. 
And then there's a couple others in what we would call the under the stink pot line. Oh. Uh, Tampa and Carolina on their own Tier 5, and Arizona, who Tausch says will be all-time bad on Tier 6. Uh, sorry, Washington Commanders fans, you are not on Tausch's <laughs> tiers. Although he did uh, edit it today and say they would be a Tier 4 squad. Uh, although, if you follow Wildey and Tausch on Twitter, at Wildey and Tausch, uh, you would not find the Washington Commanders in the graphic. Brad Nortman, as it stands today, this was all inspired by Dalvin Cook being released by the Minnesota Vikings yesterday. And so Tausch amended his tiers, and here he says the Green Bay Packers are on the same tier or better than every other team in the NFC North. What do well, you make of this list that he's accumulated? Well, I I have some thoughts. There's way <laughs> As most of them. Yeah, I have some thoughts. There's way too many te- teams in tier three. I I, I think <laughs> it's important to for me to wrap my arms around it. I almost need to define what each tier is, right? Because I, I'm not I, like what what are we saying that tier three is? We're talking about the Giants, the Seahawks, the Lions, the Packers, the Falcons, the Vikings. Are these? likely wild card team. These are you know vying for wild card. These are what? So I'm in total agreement with tier one. These are unquestioned yep. best teams of the conference. I agree. And and like I would be absolutely stunned if they didn't win their division and I would not be shocked if they met in the NFC championship game. I think he's got tier one and I think he's got tier two right with the Cowboys and the Saints. Yep, I would agree with that. I need to do some shifting around of tier three. So <laughs> I, As I, most have said. I don't think that okay, look, Dalvin Cook is a great player. Mm-hmm. I was shocked by the release, to be quite honest. Mm-hmm. I don't. He wasn't demanding that great of a cap hit. They just me, really must believe in Alexander Madison. Which I mean, to me, that sounds like a fo- founding father's name, Alexander Madison. It does, doesn't, doesn't it? it? Yeah. Um, so and and he does have a lot of talent. Whenever he goes in there, if you play the fantasy side of it, and mm-hmm. Dalvin Cook is out, he usually puts up big games. So I get it. I'm a little bit concerned about the message you're sending to your team, though, about releasing a four-time, four straight Pro Bowler. It's not like there was any falling off. Maybe he had some injury issues, but whenever he was on the field, he was absolutely elite. Let's talk about the Vikings for a second, because we'll, and we'll get back to the tiers yeah. in a moment, but I want to talk about this Dalvin Cook. That's one thing that was kind of overlooked yesterday by these tiers being such a, a crazy thing everyone was in uproar about. I think the Vikings did the right thing in releasing Dalvin Cook. I've campaigned for years that running back is the most replaceable position in the National Football League. Mm-hmm. It's a overall fairly simple concept no matter who you're putting back there whether it's a top five draft pick now there are there are transcendent game changers Saquon Barkley when healthy can be that he can be the focal point of the Giants offense and we've seen that and he makes Daniel Jones better Christian McCaffrey can be that with Carolina and now with San Francisco besides those two guys it doesn't really matter if you drafted Le'Veon Bell. I'm going to go back to Le'Veon Bell because mm. I feel like he's a good example. Uh, if you have him or if you have uh, Brandon Jackson with the Green Bay Packers Super Bowl champions back in the day, 10 years ago plus, you can slot someone in. For the most part, if you have the offensive scheme in place, running back is a replaceable position. And look at the amount of successful undrafted free agent running backs that have stepped in in big roles and have been paid and have had their moment in the in the sun, in the spotlight, because they were ready at the right time. I don't think there's a huge difference outside of a couple of exceptions that can catch the ball in addition to running the ball that are worth paying the big bucks. And the Vikings are essentially saying to Dalvin Cook, you're one of those guys. Like, you're really good. You're a very talented football player. But we can run this with Alexander Madison, and we'll do just fine. You know, that's absolutely right. The, the NFL salary cap 
it, it, it is like a budget, right? You can only put your money in so many different places. And if you look at where the Vikings are focusing and where the league is going, it's it's primarily going to quarterbacks. It's going to wide receivers. This is paving the way for Justin Jefferson to get a big deal. Mm-hmm. Offensive linemen, uh, they've got some talented defensive players. So you, you can only put it in so many places. And and just like a, just like a budget, if, if you look at it and you say, okay, well, you know, we can go to the nicest steak restaurant in Madison, and and you know we can we can pay one hundred and fifty dollars for a Wagyu massaged rare aged steak. <laughs> but we can we can go to you know Sizzler and go get a steak, and you know what? Wait, for to me, a steak isn't that big of a deal. Then then you can make that you can make that change. And for, I totally agree. I think that Alexander Madison they they wouldn't do this unless they feel really strongly about his capability to come in as a starting role. And even if even if Alexander Madison gets hurt or something happens where you need a backup, I mean, right now you've got Leonard Fournette, you've got Ezekiel Elliott, you've got a bunch mm-hmm. of guys that are on the free agent market. Mm-hmm. And look at look at something like Tony Pollard for the uh, Dallas yeah. Cowboys, right? He was what a fifth round example. Dra- a Fifth round draft pick, he comes in and he's absolutely lightning. Mm-hmm. And they get rid of Zeke, and he's and they and he's super cheap, and it allows them to allocate money elsewhere. So, it, you you cannot be a great Super Bowl winning team and put the bulk of your offensive cap to your running back because they are interchangeable. And darn it, they get hurt. And there's a lot of good ones. There's a stable of great ones. So look at the, I, the two I, Super Bowl teams last year. Clyde Edwards-Helaire was the primary running back for the Chiefs. Miles Sanders ultimately was the primary running back for the Eagles. Yeah, they did just fine. I, I would love to see. Did the Vegas line shift? for the Vikings after the release? That's a great question. I'll see if we can figure that out during the break. Yeah. Maybe we'll put Alex G back in the Everlight Solar Studio on the case for that yeah. one. Yeah, D- did it go down a half a game, a game? I would I would suggest to you it probably didn't budge. And it shouldn't budge. So, so overall, based on that, Brad, did the Minnesota Vikings, in your mind, get dropped down a tier or more if in your tiers of NFC teams because of the move of releasing Dalvin Cook? I would probably keep them in Tier 3, okay. but they were already in they Tier were already, 3. They, they there's were already, no change based on that move. Yeah, I would keep Lions and Vikings in Tier 3. And okay. I would put Tier 3 as um, likely wild card slash vying for division. Mm-hmm. That's how I would see it. So I would keep the Giants in there. I think they kind of vie for the division, yeah. but um, I would take the Falcons out of there. I don't think the Falcons are very... I think they're a long shot to even be a wild card. I would take our Green Bay Packers out of there, yep. unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Just too many uncertainties. Yep. And Seattle, I'd have to think about. I think they have so much young talent and... Maybe Geno Smith can find lightning in the bottle again. That would be iffy for me. But they wouldn't move. They, they, I don't look at the team any differently today than I did three days ago when Delvin Cook was on there. I just don't think the Packers deserve to be on there. I don't think that the Falcons deserve to be on there. And I do think that uh, the, the Lions and the Vikings are notably better, based on what we know right now, than the Packers and the Falcons. I do have a question about the Green Bay Packers based on some of what you've just said, Brad, that we can dive into next. And it may be the impetus for our first Iron Jock poll question of the day on Twitter at Jim and Matt at ESPN Madison. It is Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. No Rutledge, no Hamilton, not even a strofe today. Mm. It's Jesse Nelson, Brad Nortman, and Alex G holding it down at 100.5 ESPN and Wisconsin on demand. 844-770-3776 is the number to get into the show. 844 
404-770-3776. I did do a little surveying, Brad, during the commercial break. We had asked, you know, how many strokes would you need to beat Stricker in a round of 18? Steve Stricker, if you had, how many strokes would they have to give you up front in order to try and beat him? So Pablo Iglesias, our friend from WK, very busy. He's bouncing all around. He uh, stopped by for a moment. He said, he wouldn't need any set amount of strokes. He would need Stricker to not show up. He would need him to be stuck on the belt line or, like, two holes in, just say, ah, you know what, I, I got to get out of here. I got something for my daughters to go to. Like, he would need him to leave the round of golf or never show up for it. Uh, there is no amount of strokes that Pablo says that uh, he would take that could help him beat Steve Stricker. So it's an honest answer. What was your number again officially? Did you ever give, give us one? Give me 25. 25. 25 is your number. You get you get 25, you think you can take Strick. I, I think <laughs> I wouldn't feel super confident, but I at least feel like I have a prayer. <laughs> I, have an, I have a prayer at it. So 25 is the number to beat. 844-770-3776. We'll ask some of our other friends here at University Ridge today as our show continues until 4 o'clock. Jesse Nelson, Brad Nortman, Alex G. Hanging out with you. It's Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. A dominating lead for Justin Leonard at the AmFam Championship after one round. He's actually uh, on his final hole right now. Justin Leonard, your leader at 10 under. Oh, my. In the first round of the AmFam Championship. Paul Broadhurst in second at 6 under. That's a four-stroke lead for Justin Leonard after 17 holes here at the AmFam Championship 2023 edition, day one at University Ridge in Madison. Ten under. Ten under. Ten under in one round. Colin Montgomery, five under, as is Paul Stankowski. A couple others coming in behind them, but that's your check of the leaderboard as we are broadcasting live from University Ridge Golf Course. Jesse Nelson, Brad Nortman, in for Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light been an incredible afternoon so far but we've enjoyed just sitting out here enjoying the golf enjoying the round and meeting a bunch of our friends here that have all been out from all around the madison area enjoying the day andy north and dan kelly uh stopped by earlier today andy north of course espn golf analyst dan kelly of american family insurance joining us earlier today on wildy and tausch you can find that entire conversation it was great on wisconsin on demand subscribe rate review wherever you get your podcasts i have a poll question for you brad nortman okay let me hear this it's poll in, question it's inspired by our conversation conversation which was inspired by mark tauscher's tears of nfc teams today's iron jock poll question on twitter at jim and matt at espn madison which one of these teams can you confidently say the packers are better than heading into the 2023 season which one of these teams can you confidently say the packers are better than bears lions vikings none Confidently mm-hmm. is definitely the uh, the important word in that question. And I know Jason Wildy likes to tease you that you say we in, in referencing the Packers, <laughs> even though uh, you never played for the Packers. That's true. You grew up a Packer that, fan, as we all did. That in fanhood, it's hard to shake. It's it hard is. to shake. So, Brad, uh, as you look at it fairly arbitrarily, mm-hmm. how do you answer that poll question? You know, the word confidently really increases my standard of expectation and being able to figure out which of these teams is actually worse than the Packers. And and it's it's less about the teams being the Bears, Lions, and Vikings. It's more about the Packers. It's just it's so uncertain how they're gonna be. I'm I'm sitting right here saying I wouldn't be surprised 
if they made the playoffs. I wouldn't be surprised. Now, I don't expect them to. I I think they're I think they're confidently better than the Bears. I really do. Okay. I, I still so don't you're think answering Bears then. I, mean, I I don't think if you were to phrase the question another way, let's say you inserted like Lions mm-hmm. for this, like which are you confidently the Lions are better than or the Vikings? I would say I'm confidently I would confidently say that the the Lions and the Vikings are better than the Packers. It's not even like a hey, maybe they're neck and neck. I'm I'm confident they're better than the Packers. Interesting. Um, and that comes with quarterback stability. That comes with um, reloading of talent. It comes with experience at a lot of important positions of making playoff runs and playing in important games. Now you could say, okay, well, what about the Lions, right? But they they showed a lot of heart at the end of the season when they didn't have much to play for, and they have really developed and grown something. And they, I think they've gotten better throughout the offseason. So I think the division will be primarily fought out between those two. But the, the Packers... It's just it's such an unknown. I still think the Bears are a dramatic mess. Mm-hmm. I don't think that they took many steps forward. I know that they had a haul when they traded the first round draft pick, uh, which is very helpful for sure to help you know some of their talent. But thankfully, you know, in all this, thankfully the Bears remain in the basement of the of the <laughs> NFC North. That's like the one good takeaway. Some feel, stability. Yeah, because if because if there was a team outside of the Packers, that you're like, you know what, if you're going to crown them division champion, I guess I wouldn't have a problem with it. Which of the, which of the three teams would it be? Uh, I mean, you hate to answer this question, but I, I do. Um, <laughs> I, the easy answer is Detroit. Yeah. It feels like Detroit is the most talented team, but Detroit's winning culture, not having won an NFC Central slash North Division title since 1993, just leads you to believe like something's going to go wrong. And even that <laughs> team seems like they got worse this offseason. Like, yes, they, the momentum is there, but Jamison Williams is suspended. They lost Jamal Williams. Like, there's a lot of things happening there that make you think that this the winning culture still hasn't been instilled and that they could get off to a slow start or vice versa. Maybe they get off to a hot start mm-hmm. and could falter down the stretch. Dan Campbell's a coach they can clearly play for, and he energizes that team. And two years in a row, momentum has built for the Lions' culture. But ultimately, they haven't made the playoffs yet. True. And even if they do make it in, like, could they do anything with it? I don't know. If they're in a must-win game in week 16, 17, 18 to win the division title, do I trust that they're going to go out there and not lay an egg? No, I don't. You have arguably the most confident and the, the most experienced, possibly the most clutch quarterback in the division in Jared Goff in Detroit, though. Uh, mm. Do you, though? Kirk Cousins got that team into the playoffs a few different times. But Goff Kirk Cousins falls apart every time it's prime time or mm. the end of game. The the more, most important moments, he does his worst work. Well, then how are you answering this question? Alex G is our producer today. Jesse Nelson, Brad Norman, Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. Alex G holding it down the Everlight Solar Studio. Our Iron Jog poll question, which of these teams can you confidently say the Packers are better than heading into the 2023 season? The three divisional opponents, Bears, Lions, Vikings, or none? G, how do you answer? I think... I think we have the Bears edged out, right? Like, as as Packers fans, I think, in in general, the Packers are better than the Bears. But when you look at it, you could convince me at the end of this season that any of the quarterbacks in a power ranking could be first, second, third, or fourth, and it would be totally understandable unless Jordan Love goes out there and has an absolutely horrible season. Brad? 
What do you make of what G says? I, I actually agree. Yeah. I agree. I mean, I think so you don't he, have to sound so you, shocked about it. Well, no. <laughs> Alex G, right? What? Um, no, I, I agree. I think it's a, I think it's a great take. I mean, you know what you're going to get with Kirk Cousins. He's very middle of the road. I would, uh, in a regular season game, I probably would take Kirk Cousins over Jared Goff. Now, in a playoff game, I do think Jared Goff has a little bit of. He can spin it a little bit in those moments, and I just I like the offensive coordinator for Detroit. If anything, I like mm-hmm. I like the, the um, their schemes. I like the way they do that. I like the way they've surrounded him with more talent. But um, I mean, you still just have no idea about Jordan Love. But you've seen flashes and OTAs. You've seen reports. You've seen you've seen rumors that he's he's got some ability to play. And nobody in this in this division is elite. And I don't think anyone's trash. So it's it's really interesting, and usually that is the deciding factor of who's going to win the division, who's going to make a, uh, a wild card run, and who's going to be terrible. You can, we can we can literally look at the power rankings of quarterbacks, as you said, Alex G, and say, okay, well that will exactly reflect the rankings of the division in totality. I just don't think you can do that because again, the quarterbacks is is uh, Justin Fields finally going to pop in a consistent way? Is is Kirk Cousins not going to fold under pressure? Can Jared Goff take that next step forward to be better than average, but to be good? Right. Mm-hmm. It seems like a not that was not not meant to be a backhanded compliment, but <laughs> it kind of was. Yeah, it was. Well, that's okay. Eight four four seven seven zero thirty seven seventy six is the number to get into the show. Want to hear from you, the loyal Packer fans, enjoying a beautiful Friday afternoon. Maybe you're heading out here or heading home from University Ridge Golf Course in the AmFam Championship as first day action begins to wind down. Eight four four seven seven zero thirty seven seventy six. Which team can you confidently say the Green Bay Packers are better than heading into the 2023 season? The Vikings, the Lions, the Bears, or none of them? 844-770-3776. What's your answer? None. None. I cannot confidently say today that the Green Bay Packers are better than any of those teams. Now, similarly to what you, Brad, and what Alex G. have said, the Packers could win the NFC North this year, and I would not be surprised. I'm not picking that to happen by any means. But I would not be surprised based on the landscape of the NFC and what we have seen from the NFC North opponents, the Vikings, who are clearly kind of doing the same thing the Packers are, except for changing quarterback. They're fairly rebuilding in a lot of different facets or retooling on the fly, recombobulating, mm. one may say. Uh, the Detroit Lions don't have that proven winning culture yet. And even though they have some talent, they definitely have shown some things this offseason that have proved to me that team does not tell me that they are a winner yet. Maybe I'll be proven wrong. They win 11-12 games this year, but I haven't seen it yet, so I can't say it until I see it. And the Bears, momentum is up. Fans think Justin Fields is going to be just incredible. Just ask Jim Rutledge here every weekday from 2 to 4. And Rutledge is high on Justin Fields, and Bears fans in general felt like there was a lot of promise there last year, but it feels like there are still unproven gaps in the Bears roster that may lead them to struggle again this season. So they've made improvements, but, like, yeah, bringing in Robert Tunyon. Jim mentioned that one yesterday. I saw Robert Tunyon in action for the Packers the last few years. That's not a game-changing move that's going to make the Bears an all-star team all of a sudden. Like, uh, So while I can't convincingly say that any team is better than the Packers, I also cannot say here on June 9th, I, think that's June 9th. I can't say today on June 9th that the Green Bay Packers are confidently 
better than any other team in the NFC North. You know what the other part of the equation is? If you're not looking at quarterback, you're, what, what are you looking at? You're looking at defense. Mm-hmm. None of these defenses are showstoppers either. They're, they're all pretty average to bad defenses as well. If you were to have a defense that was, let's say, the uh, you know, the caliber of the, the 49ers, mm-hmm. but, you, but you have any one of those three quarterbacks, you would say, okay, the edge goes to that team. Yeah. Because defense still does control pace of games and allow you to win in the postseason. None of these teams have very good defenses either. That's why it's just it's such a strange division. There are a couple of divisions that I played in, uh, particularly when I was playing for the Panthers, where you looked at the teams and you're like, none of us are very good. We're all struggling. Someone has to win this division. <laughs> Someone please win it. I was going to say, if anyone's an expert at winning bad divisions, it might be That's you, right. Brad. We had, a, we had a losing record and won the division. I was about to ask, yeah. <laughs> 844-770-3776. Maybe we'll talk more about that coming to next. Also want to hear from you is there any of these teams that you can confidently say the green bay packers are better than heading into next season the vikings the bears the lions or would you agree with me that none of them you can confidently say the packers are better than 844-770-3776 in for jim and matt today it's jesse nelson and brad nortman live from university ridge golf course in the 2023 american family insurance championship it's rutledge and hamilton presented by coors light Hamilton with no Rutledge and no Hamilton presented by Coors Light Live from the 2023 AmFam Championship at University Ridge Golf Course. When the mountains are blue, Brad Nortman, you know what to do. And that's crush a Coors Light. Jesse Nelson, Brad Nortman, the former Badger and NFL punter with you today in for Jim and Matt. Uh, we got to check the leaderboard to see if Matt Hamilton is still in first place in his pro-am down in South Carolina. Big Big happenings for Matt Hamilton this week. Good good for him through at least one. Now let's uh, also check in here on the AmFam Championship leaderboard because I'm looking, and we've been asking all day about Steve Stricker and how many strokes you would need to beat him in a round of 18. Strick is five under through 12 holes here oh, this afternoon. I so might need more strokes. He is still on the course, but tied for fourth place. Strick's been hot, winning a couple of these uh, Tour Champions majors this year. He is hot. And he's five under, tied for fourth. He's still five strokes back, though, of course, of our leader, Justin Leonard, at 10 under. 10 under on day one at U Ridge. Incredible at the 2023 AmFam Championship. 844-770-3776. Look who I found. It's our friend Alex Strofe, normally the producer of this show. He stops by. You're getting ready to host Scalzo and Bruss this afternoon, Strophy. I am. Uh, good to see you, fellas. Brad, you look incredibly intimidating in whatever hell those shades are. You look like an undercover cop. Like, let's just let's just peel the Band-Aid off. You look, you look like an undercover cop right now. He is is tight. that a good thing? He is tight. Um, am, I, am I too intimidating? Like, it's, it's not intimidating to the point where I feel like, you know, you're locked and loaded and ready to arrest me for whatever, but... It feels like if anybody's a narc in this in this little area we're in, it's the guy wearing those shades. Well, that's the look I was going for. I just, you you, know, you like, wanted to look like, like a I'm, narc? I'm, I'm cool, but don't cross me kind of thing. Right? I we're think, cool, I'm cool, 
hey, but don't, don't, right. don't cross don't that line. That then. I don't think he looks like an undercover cop. I think he looks like he's the bouncer at Tyler Hubbard. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's fair, too. Yeah, yeah, fan, uh, fair too. The guy that's going to kick me out of yeah. the concert like, tonight. Yeah. He's, he's taking tickets, but he's also standing next to the stage just making sure none of the riffraff so caught you're going to be the one that kicks me out. I got it. Yeah, that's right. I'm not, and I'm not afraid to get rough. We're wearing these glasses. I'm not afraid for a little bit of, uh, you know, would you throw in hands? Would, so, uh, and, and Brad, I know you're like in your 30s. You're, you're probably out of your party phase. But if you were still living in, in uh, what they like to refer to as J Town, I don't know if that's true. Jacksonville, Florida. J Town. I'm, I'm sure. J Ville, maybe. J Ville. If you were down in J Ville <laughs> and, and you were clubbing, and you were clubbing, are those shades on inside? No, I could never. Do I don't even know how to describe them. They're kind of an ovally square shape. Uh, the the middle part that goes across your nose is open, so there's there's just two kind little of look bars like, like there. Pilot glasses, a little. Yeah, pilot yeah. Glasses. Pilot with kind of like a, they've, they've almost got like a army camo kind of uh, yeah. whatever these things. And, are And called. you're wearing a skin tight shirt, uh, polo shirt that's like making you look very muscular. I, I, so I can't pull that shirt. Yeah, off, no, me man. neither. I, I yeah, I pumped an upper body lift today. That's what you have to do. That's what you have to do. The funny thing is, I look tough from like the neck up, or maybe from the waist up. Yeah. And I'm wearing like Lululemon khakis on the bottom, so it's like I'm I'm I'm, I'm sending off very different signals. Bougie you know? and tough. Yeah. Uh, so we've been asking throughout the course of the day today, Strofe, and, and notorious golfer that you are. Yeah. I'm terrific. Uh, Strofe's golf accolades, for those unfamiliar, uh, almost killed a man at a simulator yep. uh, at X-Golf in Madison and uh, swung and missed eight consecutive times. Right here. You rich. At University Ridge a few weeks ago. So uh, among those accomplishments, Strofe, uh, also pronouncing the leader of last year's AmFam Championship incorrectly while Miguel Andy North, Angel Jimenez. While Andy North joined us on the broadcast and I've gave learned. us a disappointed grandpa look. <laughs> um, so those three things in mind, Strofe. How many strokes would Steve Stricker, uh, Tour Champions major winner, tournament host of the AmFam Championship, five under par, uh, not even all the way through round one today. Yeah. How many strokes would you need Steve Stricker to give you in order for you to beat him in a round of 18 holes? I'm legitimately debating in my head right now, internal <laughs> battle, if it's two or three digits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I, I think it's probably sixty-five or seventy strokes. I wish I was joking. I legitimately think I need that many because <laughs> so, I'm bad to begin with. And Strick's on like a ridiculous tear right now through this tour, yeah. uh, winning again last weekend, if I'm not mistaken. So I, I legitimately think it might be sixty-five or seventy. Strokes. So let's do the math on this because par is normally a seventy-two. Yeah. Uh, if, I'm thinking I'm golfing at one by one thirty. You got to figure by the end of the day he's going to be six or seven under. So let's call it a sixty-five for Stricker. That's what he's shooting today, and you need sixty. You think you could still put up a one twenty, one thirty? I think you need more than six. I think you need like. I think you might be right. That's why I debated triple digits there, Jesse. Yeah. I might need a hundred. Probably think not hundred. Eighty-five or ninety. I might need eighty. Yeah, I might need eighty. I, I look. I love golf. It's very fun to play, especially when you make contact, which I struggle with occasionally. But I, I, I look. Strick is the man. Um, I, I, I have I have so much respect for his golf game. So I, I feel like I might be selling him short. It might be eighty-five strokes. Because I don't respect my golf game. Is there any part of your golf game that you say, you know what, at least I'm decent at this? Put putting? Can you no, putt? I suck at putting. <laughs> I, I will say I'm pretty, I, I, I'm pretty good at chipping. Arm wedge. I'm, yeah, pretty yeah, good at, yeah. I'm pretty good at chipping. But I will tell you a story. The last uh, 18 I golfed last October, 
uh, I made the, the mistake of having a few Coors Lights on the course, and then on the 18th, I chipped and then putted, and I brought them both out of my cart. And I made the rookie mistake of leaving my wedge, my pitching oh, wedge, on the course, and I didn't classic. realize it for another two oh, months. Trophy. Two months. Yeah, so because uh, oh. that was the next time I went to the simulator, finally, after they lifted the ban on me, after I almost <laughs> killed one of their patrons a couple months prior. Yeah. I, uh, I, yeah. Sometimes you just miss the screen, you know? It bounces off Well, that story's, that story's <laughs> yeah, fun. So, so I'm, I'm right-handed. Right, so I have my I have my back right and, and to the left side of the screen, mm-hmm. and you know I, I step up, I swing, and the ball somehow goes I think between my legs, right? Because it went behind me. There's no so, way it went between your well, legs. How the hell? Like did, 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 did I swing it all the way? I don't know how I did it. So anyway, there's a guy sitting about ten feet behind me this way, right? He's just like chilling at the at the bay at X Golf, eating his pretzel. Yeah, yeah, right, just having some food, <laughs> yeah. and all of a sudden I turn around and hear ding. And I'm like, what did that hit? And it, it bounced off the one of the poles on the base of his chair. Oh! And luckily, his legs were spread a little bit. Not too wide, of course, but <laughs> spread a little bit. And it bounces off this pole and goes flying. And I'm just like, sorry, dude. And he's like, no way. It's fine. Whatever. And then I get escorted out. So that's the story. Wow. He's just in shock that I didn't actually some, get escorted somebody out. hit a ball that went back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, remarkable. look, I, I'm a terrific golfer. Um, and uh, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's got to be one of my proudest moments. Yeah. I didn't actually kill yeah. the guys. I, no, n- no contact made. It just barely missed them. So we're good. We're yeah. fine. Yeah, just a warning shot. That's and, all. Yeah, a warning <laughs> shot. That's a, that's a good and way you, to put it. And you think you could shoot a 120 here at University? Yeah, Ridge. I think if you give that's me, I, I honestly think if you give me 65 strokes, I beat Stricker. You think you 65. A, you think you hit a ball not on purpose between your legs 90 degrees sideways yeah. at a simulator? And yeah. you think out on a championship level course of University Ridge, you think you could just shoot double what a pro shoots? Yeah, so mm-hmm. it's about double, right? Mm-hmm. So we're talking mm-hmm. about. So when yeah. he shoots a four, not you a shoot chance. an eight. Not a chance. Oh, or yeah. if he shoots a five, you get a ten. But if the hard one five, would be, the hard would be, be okay. a, a, a par uh, A par, par three, three is where we get in trouble. Where you have to get six. That's where we get in trouble. But yeah. I think we'd be okay. 844-770-3776. Strofe's hosting Scalzo and Bruss coming up in about an hour along with Colin Russo. Uh, Strofe, before you go, our Iron Jock poll question today that we have on Twitter at Jim and Matt at ESPN Madison. Which of these teams can you confidently say the Packers are better than Heading into the 2023 season, the three divisional opponents, Vikings, Bears, Lions, or none? It's not none. It's certainly at least the Bears, right? And, you know, I, 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 I'm not going to sit here and, and, and drink the green and gold, gold Kool-Aid and say that the, that the Packers are in a better position than the Lions or the Vikings, even though the Vikings seem to be sellers after a 13-win season, which I have no idea what they're doing in Minnesota. I never know. Uh, they brought in Dean Lowry, so maybe they're just trying to figure it out, right? That, that, that's a good move for the Vikings. They've signed another former Packer. Uh, but they're certainly better than the Bears. The Bears are still a year or two away from being what the Packers were a year ago, eight and nine. So I, I, I'm, I can confidently say they're better than the Bears, but the Lions seem overhyped to me. Do you guys agree with that? Because I, I view the Detroit Lions as, as the the sweetheart of the NFL going into the 2023 season. I, I just I don't know that I fully buy into the hype after a nine and eight year ago. I just don't know if they can replicate that. I, I think they take a backslide in 2023, despite being the betting favorite in the NFC North. I think they struggle to get to ten wins, but I think they I think they hang out around 500. And and in this division, that's going to is help that you good contend. enough to win it? You think you can contend? I, I think. I mean, if you get 11 wins, I think you win this division for sure. Uh, in my opinion, but let's go even. But, let's go even smaller, Brad. Right? Like I view the NFC North right now similarly to how the the NFC South played out a year ago, uh, with the Buccaneers winning. I think they were eight nine. I think they were under 500. Mm-hmm. I view the North as maybe being that here in 2023. I could see that. 
And I think I think it's right to put the Lions then in that conversation. I don't think they're going to take a backside. I think they're going to be at least what they were last year. And I just think I think they are building something that that hasn't been felt in Detroit in a very long time. And is that enough? Is that enough to help them dethrone the usual uh, candidates in the, in the NFC North? I don't know, but I don't see them putting up four or five wins. I see them I see them hanging out in the the seven eight nine area. And uh, yeah, it, yeah, I, I just. I don't know. The, I, I agree that the Bears are going to continue to be at the bottom of the division. I, the, the hard thing about Detroit is you just want to root for them. The national narrative is they're the sweethearts. They're the they're the ones that have never gotten their you know uh, their their time in the sun, and they've just been so bad. It's so easy to root for them. I do think that is creating a little bit of rose colored glasses looking at these uh, looking at what they might be able to do on the field. But I don't know. I, I see them firmly contending, and I I would be I'd be surprised that they don't have at least seven wins, mm. at least. That's the kind of football talk I sit back and enjoy on Tuesdays here throughout the summer on the Great Dane Huddle. Football! Yeah. No, I totally agree. Alex Strofe, Brad Nortman. Strofe, thanks for stopping by. Thanks that was for your, having me. Your warm thanks, up. Strofe. Go hit the range a little bit, see if you can uh, warm up. Yeah, i got to go get warmed up to, to golf 147 <laughs> at U Ridge. I'll, I'll see you guys. See Strofe yeah. will be hosting Scals on Brust with Colin Russo from 4 to 6 today, right here on 100.5 ESPN. Jesse Nelson, Brad Nortman in for Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. Strofe and Brad, also part of ESPN Wisconsin College Game Day, presented by Coors Light during the college football season. Let's talk some college football, Brad, next. The Badgers' opponents for 2024 and 2025 unveiled yesterday. How do you feel about Michigan, Alabama, Ohio State, and USC all in the same year? Let's have some fun, Badgers fans. Let's talk about that in two minutes. It's Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light.